everybody, it is Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, and you are listening to the salvage title Scrap Stories. As always, I'm your host, Brad Eisleyke, and while I'm normally here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever, here on these shorter episodes, we're just talking about a general piece of automotive news or other things that are percolating in my mind. Uh, Today, kind of reflecting on a new car announcement uh, that came out today, uh, the 2020 GMC Acadia AT4. Uh, If you weren't aware of the GMC Acadia, it's been a very strange couple of years for this vehicle uh, in the GMC lineup. So I want to talk a little bit about what's going on there, uh, what it means compared to one of its sister vehicles, and then uh, really just kind of talk about this extreme off-roadification of basic crossovers and if this is going to be something that we start seeing a lot more of so all of that and a little bit more potentially after the bump see you in just a second So the GMC Acadia came back a few years ago with a fresh restyling on a new platform. Uh, But the interesting thing that GMC had decided to do with this very popular, then near enough full-size SUV, was bump it on down to the mid-size category to compete a little bit more effectively with things like the Ford Edge, the Honda Pilot, uh, and a few others uh, that really have paid off with some pretty good dividends for General Motors and GMC in particular. Um, The Enclave stayed quite large, the Chevy Traverse stayed quite large, but with the Acadia taking a step down, you know, it was able to kind of compete in its own segment and make some way for the terrain also to take a step down in size uh, and make a more compelling case for itself in the smaller tier of crossovers and small SUVs. So for 2020, GMC is revamping the model. Um, There's some fresh new styling takes on the exterior and on the interior that put it more in line with the new GMC Sierra. Uh, It ties some things up together with the smaller and newer terrain as well. And in the end, I think it creates a package that is, you know, pretty well designed and very well executed for really a lot of the GM products these days. Uh, As you've heard on this show many times, I'm not a very big fan of where GM is going with a lot of their product portfolio right now. And uh, this seems to be perhaps a small exception. That being said, you know, it might be wishing a lot on really GM on the whole to think that this new change in this vehicle is going to be that much more of a revelation. After all, there's still plenty of quality issues that I feel like GM isn't exactly addressing in a lot of their car. The material quality is just not there compared to Hyundai and Honda and many other brands. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where if you feel like you're getting your money, Hey, you know, more power to you. But for me right now, maybe not the best recommendation to make in every situation. What GMC is doing, however, is they are packaging this product with an all-new engine um, and an all-new trim level that may be a little more appealing to some people. Uh, First, with the engine, GM is rolling out an updated version of a 2-liter turbocharged 4-cylinder for the Acadia, and I believe this engine is going to be proliferated among other crossovers and perhaps sedans in the not-too-distant future. Uh, This 2.0-liter engine makes 230 horsepower. Uh, I can't remember the specification on the torque, but it was a pretty flat 
torquey uh, power curve that you know you typically need in these larger crossovers and SUVs. Uh, no saying on fuel economy, but I imagine it will be pretty decent, all things considered. Uh, more or less, GM is trying to go after the 2.3 liter turbocharged engine uh, that Ford has been using on the regular in many of their vehicles, and you know offer a pretty basic alternative uh, in their own portfolio. Uh, what is interesting about this? One in particular is it uses their new tri-power fuel injection configuration and some interesting fuel-saving mechanics that let the four-cylinder engine shut down two of its cylinders and run almost like a motorcycle engine on just two cylinders uh, when the power is not completely necessary. Uh, we've seen some of the this trickery work really well on some of their other vehicles, uh, especially the pickup trucks as of late. Uh, the cylinder deactivation can save a lot of gas uh, if you're on a relatively flat surface with not a lot of wind resistance. Um, so it could pay some pretty big dividends, especially in a front-wheel drive configuration in the Incadia, but we will have to see. Now the most interesting part of the new Acadia uh, being announced today is the all-new AT4 model. Uh, the AT4 trim line was debuted in the new Sierra that came out last year, and it looks like GM is wanting to make the AT4 designation their semi-sort of trailhawk type competitor in the GMC lineup. Uh, at least in terms of the Sierra, that got you, you know, much more off-road capable tires, it got you skid plates, it got you a higher ride height with some more uh, off-road ready suspension bits, and it gave it a much more aggressive off-road ready appearance that I think looks really good, especially when you compare it to some of the Z71 Trail Boss configurations of the uh, Chevrolets that are a little bit further down the line. Now for this uh, Acadia LT or AT4, uh, Specifics were somewhat light, um, but really the general thing is that you're going to get some pretty aggressive off-road capable tires. They're not quite going to be, you know, running through the sand out in the Mojave, uh, but they're going to be much more capable than the standard tires that come on the Acadia. Uh, it appears that there might be a slight uh, ride height increase, but it doesn't look like it is going to give you any rock crawling capabilities. Now, the question right now is whether or not that added ride height comes with a retuned suspension for some light duty off-roading, um, and that isn't exactly known at this point in time. Uh, pricing also wasn't completely announced, but it sounds like this AT4 is going to come standard with the 3.6 liter V6 that debuted in the Chevy uh, Blazer that is based on the same platform as the Acadia, and it will use the same twin clutch all-wheel drive system that is inside the Chevy Blazer in the Acadia to help improve uh, off-road performance. I do kind of I do find it very interesting, at least to me, that the AT4 is basically shaping up to be the off-road version of the street, quote-unquote, track-ready uh, Blazer RS. Uh, these things don't exactly compete in the same segments, uh, but they're going to be sitting in similar price ranges. And, you know, with this AT4 likely starting above $45,000, it's going to be another instance of whether or not you think a $50,000 crossover is worth it with the kind of build quality that you're probably going to get in this and whether or not the off-road capability is actually there. Uh, I talked about 
similarly sized crossovers in a comparison thing in the salvage title uh, car buyers guide not that long ago i mentioned the blazer as a curiosity in that kind of fourth wheel option thing and the acadia i think it's specifically in the at4 trim would definitely be in that curiosity category but i'm kind of worried about what that implies i guess with this vehicle you know i think as crossovers continue to explode in popularity and spread out across all segments and nations of origin and so many other things you know we're gonna see specialization of specific models to meet these uh types of criteria that people stylize uh idolize at least in terms of performance and looks and all that kind of things and i i think this at4 walks a very interesting line where a lot of people want the appearance of off-road capability uh they want some of that potential for off-road capability but like when it actually comes to living with those things day to day most people wouldn't want to do it the tires are much louder uh, they produce much worse fuel economy uh, the ride is often much worse and that's really been the interesting kind of counterpoint to what gmc is kind of going towards when you look at the trailhawk jeeps uh, the trailhawk jeeps really aren't unaffordable uh in any stretch of the imagination you can get a pretty nicely equipped you know cherokee trailhawk for well under forty thousand dollars and you know yes that is a little bit smaller than what this acadia would be but there's a good chance that in that cherokee trailhawk you could do a hell of a lot more off-road than the gmc would ever be able to do and that's kind of a key point and it comes down to you know is it appearances or is it actual performance that you want? And, you know, that's one thing that I find really interesting about the Honda Passport as well, is that is definitely a vehicle that is trumping up appearances, that it is a much more off-road capable vehicle. But that being said, the four-wheel drive system, or excuse me, all-wheel drive system that's in the Passport has proven itself to be exceptionally capable off-road uh, with the right kind of tower, or with the right kind of tires and with the right kind of driver behind the wheel. And you know that says a lot because the the Passport in particular is going to probably ride still pretty well whether you're in Los Angeles or you're in Moab or you're in Louisiana you know it's it's gonna feel like a decent riding vehicle and you know I just I don't know where priorities are at in the market it's gonna be interesting uh, something like the Kia Telluride even comes to mind here where the Kia Telluride looks very tough and it seems like it's going to have a fairly robust all-wheel drive system uh, but whether or not it can actually prove that it is all road capable and actually climb some stuff I think kind of remains to be seen and really it is kind of interesting when you consider there will likely be a Telluride trim that is a little more off-road ready later on, at least based on the concept prototype type vehicles that were shown off at the different auto shows these past couple of weeks. Uh, Kiel will probably go there. So in the end, you know, with this uh, Acadia AT4, I don't really know how I feel completely. Uh, on the one hand, I really like the Sierra AT4s. They are a very good value when it comes to some relative off-road performance in a pickup truck. You know, you're not going to go chasing after a Ford Raptor, uh, but it's going to hold its own against some of the other off-road trim pickup trucks out there today. But in a midsize, upper midsize crossover, you know, I don't know if it's completely necessary, uh, but... 
it's definitely going to play the part. And I, I hope GM actually is taking the time to design some systems that are going to be somewhat capable off-road, but I don't expect this thing to go two-tracking anytime soon. Uh, have you seen the photos of the AT4? Have you read some of the stuff about it? What what do you think? Uh, hit me up here on Anchor FM at anchor.fm slash YSSMAN with some of your thoughts. Or uh, tell me on Twitter at YSSMAN. I'd really appreciate it. Well, uh, other than that, guys, uh, not a whole lot going on as we start off the week in auto news. Uh, we have got Formula One testing underway as we speak over in Spain. If you haven't had a chance to catch up with some of the things that are going on, head on over to the Formula One YouTube channel. They do very good day-to-day uh, -day breakdowns. And from what I understand, they've been broadcasting some of the testing online. Uh, I think you have to have a Formula One subscription uh, for that. Haven't really done that myself, but uh, if you want to go watch Lewis Hamilton race around the track for 100-plus laps in an afternoon, uh, it might be worth it. Takeaways from where the season is starting, well, it's hard to say. Um, I would be willing to bet that Mercedes is sandbagging to some extent, uh, but nevertheless, we're seeing some pretty interesting performance numbers coming from the Honda-powered Red Bulls that are kind of hanging around the top three, top four spaces. Um, you know, I think they're still kind of poking and prodding at that engine to see how much power it can actually produce. McLaren has been the outright surprise so far, uh, bouncing around between second and third in most days' practices. Uh, these McLarens look like they have the chassis to be quite quick, and with the updated Renault powertrain, it sounds like they've got the power to at least be competitive with Red Bull for that third or fourth place. Uh, but it is Haas that still kind of remains the dark horse in this segment of, uh, of performance in Formula One. Uh, these Haas cars still have that excellent chassis design from Dallara with some input from Ferrari. It's got the Fer current Ferrari powertrains. Um, it's anybody's guess, really, for who that third and fourth and definitely even fifth place team is going to be. Uh, this is definitely the closest that we've seen performances from these teams in a really long time. And it's really exciting to say that, you know, yes, Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be going neck and neck for one and two more than likely all season long. But that race for third between McLaren, Haas, and uh, Red Bull is going to be really fun to watch. And then that fourth place race between Renault, between Alfa Romeo, uh, Sauber, and potentially even Toro Rosso uh, could be very interesting. Speaking of other teams that are left, well, Force India now, what is it, Action 1, Action Speed? I'm getting mixed up on what the name is. Uh, they've shown some promising results. Uh, still some things they got to work out, but uh, they've been pretty quick in testing. Um, definitely going to be interesting to see how Lance Stroll from Canada performs in this car where he had a not-so-great car at Williams last season. Uh, these Force, formerly Force India cars, uh, they look to be pretty good mid-pack finishers, so I think in the hands of a talented driver, they'll do quite well. Uh, Williams, on the other hand, uh, has not had a car running the past two days. They say that they're going to be running on Wednesday. Um, I'm definitely interested to see what Williams can do. I do really like the Williams team. Um, I really am excited to see Robert Kubica back in a Formula One car, uh, but it's going to be a bit of a mess, I think, again at Williams this year. 
Odds I'm favorite for the season on the whole. Um, you know, I Haas and McLaren are my two teams, uh, as I have talked about before in the past. Um, I'm really rooting for Ferrari to take down Mercedes for that first place uh, driver's championship for constructor's championship. But uh, Haas and McLaren are where my focus is at, and I really hope both of those teams do really well this season. Um, so we will see what happens. But definitely, uh, if you have a chance, check out some of the uh, some of the videos on where things are at. It's going to be a really good Formula One season, and it is crazy to think uh, that Formula One begins in just a few short weeks. So, yeah. Other than that, guys, not a whole lot going on. Uh, like I said, Tuesdays, we typically put out these shorter episodes for you to just kind of enjoy on the go. Friday, we'll do a regular roundup with car news, car culture, and car whatever. As I also mentioned in this episode, we do other versions of the show called the Salvage Title Car Buyer's Guide, where we break down a segment of vehicles into our top three choices. We pick a fourth option for flavor. Now, I'm not a car expert. I'm not a car buying expert, but I'm trying to pick models that are known for their technology, their reliability and engineering, and, you know, being a little bit more fun and interesting than a lot of other cars out there. So hopefully they shed some light on some models that maybe you would or would not have considered previously. Uh, anyway, guys, with all that in mind, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Um, you know, stay safe out there. Winter is still here, so uh, make sure you double check your tire pressure. And until Friday, guys, uh, we will see you next time on the Salvage Title Podcast. <laughs>